across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's been a while, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Christmas I was last here. Was it Christmas? Yeah, yeah. We're feeling festive. <laughs> There's lots of good food here. You've got jams and pickles and preserves and meats and beer and all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm going to have a feast now. God, Allah, Buddha, bless Mill Road. Mill Road is awesome. You could taste chocolate forever. Yeah. Like, really good chocolate. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wonderful. Gingerbread men of all shapes and sizes. Whoa, that's fizzy. Yeah, that, that <laughs> takes your head off. And the food is great, and the wine is obviously fantastic. Doesn't that look lovely? We had music all day. I did pancakes all day. Holly and um, Tiny Robins. At the end of the night, we all eat together with the staff. I love this place. It's, it's unique in Cambridge. You've got people and you've got food, and that's all you need, and conversation springs forth. Good afternoon and welcome to the Flavour Christmas Special with Alan Alder, Sue Bailey and me, Matt Bentman. We've plenty of Christmas food and drink features today and lots of advice on the best cheeses and wines. Yeah, I've been talking to James Thorne of Cambridge's Thorne Wines to get his suggestions for Christmas wines. And I've been discussing Christmas cheeses with affineur Perry Wakeman of Rennet and Rind. Sue's got advice on how to make sure that preparing and cooking your Christmas dinner doesn't get in the way of you enjoying Christmas. Cambridge food and drink producers tell us what they like to eat for their Christmas dinner and we find out a bit about what's eaten at Christmas time in other countries. We also had time for a quick visit to the new Salvation Army Community Hub and we've lots of food and drink news too. Including some really quite special events that will take place early in 2023, news about free food available right now in Cambridge and a news update from social media. First though, cheese. For many, one of the great pleasures of Christmas, I caught up with Perry Wakeman of Rennet and Rhine this week and asked him what cheeses he was currently recommending. His worth listening to because he won the Affineur of the Year award this year. And if you're a bit hazy on what an Affineur does, he explains that too. So we're at the Burwash Larder and they've been buying all my British cheese for the last about eight months and we're gearing up for Christmas and what makes me different is that I'm a affineur which is a French for to refine so I bring in cheese when it's young and then mature them just in Papworth so a variety of different temperatures brushing, washing, turning to get the best out of the cheese and yeah, they're all, most of them out today Excellent yeah. and you also create two of your own cheeses Yeah, so we've got a a cheese which is called the Duke, which is red pole cow's milk, unpasteurized, animal rennet. It's a quite a strong blue cheese, kind of anchored in bitters, but very creamy and kind of a blue lover's blue. And then a recent one, which we only made uh, 68 of, was a Wensley Dow, which had truffle mixed in with the curd, especially for Christmas. But they're pretty much sold out by now because uh, there's only a small batch run on those. So, yeah. Ooh, rats. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then obviously all of the cheeses that we have today are just pretty proving really popular. So we've got Old Rome Wensley Dow, which is uh, kind of a harken back to more traditional heritage Wensley Dows rather than the vac pack stuff that you get these days. And that's traditionally cloth bound, buttered, and then matured for 11 weeks. So turned once a week. And then we have Bybrook, which is Jersey cow's milk. That is a continental style that are washed in a local rapeseed oil twice a week for three months. Yeah. And then uh, the, 
this uh, roll right, which is a Ipoas kind of Vashran Camembert style, which is kind of like molten at the moment, if you visually look at it. Oh, yes, I can see it. Yeah, no, when we're Bird Wash Christmas event. And yes. I mean, I love a Vashran, but this is the English version of yes, it. Yes, so everything I do is British. I've always massively supported British artisan cheese, purely because it is amazing. And we don't we don't actually engage with enough of it in the UK. I, as an affineur, I trained over in France where artisan cheese is just part of their culture and nature. And it's growing really heavily and strongly kind of in the UK, which is amazing to see. Roll right is made down in Gloucestershire, Chedworth, washed in a brine, water and salt, spruce bark on the outside, molten in texture and flavour is kind of smoky bacon, butter sour cream creme fraiche kind of vibe sounds better than a vacheran frankly oh, well I, I wouldn't be one to say <laughs> quite you know? can't French. Yes. i judge at the world cheese awards as well so i've judged in bergen norway uh, asturias northern spain and that's like judging four thousand cheeses 250 judges from around the world and yeah we finish quite high year in year out in the top 10 positions so we are very good at making artisan cheese and maturing it now and we should always support it you know it's a great industry. So you sell at the larder in Burwash? Yes, Burwash, yes. Where else? Anywhere else yeah, in Cambridge? Well, pretty much like we supply most of the colleges. So if you have a, have a cheese board there, that's where you can get our cheese. Parker's Tavern, Vandalisle, all the Cam's Cuisine sites, so the pubs. So, so a lot of lot of cheese that you may have eaten already may have come from our maturing rooms in Papworth, yeah. Last question, what are those two interesting cheeses there? One with a very sort of dark rind. Yeah, so we've got Rachel there. So this is a goat's cheese, and it's actually very, very subtle. Most people, and you're going to laugh when I say this, say they don't like the goatiness in goat's cheese, like the hay farmyard, and that's what turns them off. And it's kind of like the 90s vibe. Or do you remember the salads with a grilled goat's cheese? Oh, yes. And that was very mass-produced goat's cheese, really bad flavour. This is very clean. It's kind of almond mi- milkiness, and we brush them. So on the outside, it's kind of got a snake skin to it kind of vibe. It's kind of got like this uh, uh, mould on it, which is called crisporium, and that's a flat mould, and we really want that mould to procreate on the outside because it creates diverse flavour in Internally in the cheese. So it's kind of uh, grey yellow rind that we brush once or twice a week. Sometimes I wash it if it needs it. And then we've got Bix, which is a triple creme cheese. So you've got Jersey cow's milk and then, do you know, like Jersey t- uh, top, so the, the kind of old school milk that you'd get the fat on top of the bottle. That's essentially making cheese out of it. It's more complicated though. That's the easiest way to describe it. So really thick, double cream, rich kind of flavour. Mm, sounds lovely. And what would be your cheese for Christmas? Cheese for Christmas. That's a really difficult one to actually pinpoint, to be honest. Uh, okay, what would you like to eat most yourself for Christmas? Well, yes, what do I, what's my favourite cheese in the maturing room, which changes day in, day out? And that is a, a Welsh cheddar, which is called Hafod. And we've batch selected it this year, but every time I break into it with a cheese iron, so that's a T-shape pulling out a core of the cheese, it's just been perfect for the last, you know, two weeks, and that's made me really excited. So if I was going to choose a cheddar, it's Hafod odd for Christmas. That sounds perfect. Well, <laughs> I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Yes, I'll be very busy and very tired. <laughs> Thank you so much. You. So what sort of cheese will you be having, Sue, if you... 
decided? Ooh, well, I love Did an Did Perry persuade you of anything? I love an Apoise, but I loved all his English cheeses. And in fact, I did buy a couple of his cheeses. I could not, could I? <laughs> and, and have you eaten them yet? <laughs> no, no, I am saving it for the family. Why not? I'm a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's very strong of you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, considering I'm a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much good cheese round now. Culinaris has a 2019 Conte, which is pretty special. And uh, among the more than 200 cheeses in stock at the Cambridge Cheese Company in All Saints Passage, there's a superb-looking dragon slayer. I don't know if you've seen it. It just looks oh, fantastic. That sounds a bit I- odd. I'm going to go and buy some. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm free. Now details of free food available in and around Cambridge. The information about what's available and where to get it comes from the Olio app, and that exists so that people's or businesses' surplus food doesn't go to waste. Yes, and looking at Olio today for Cambridge shows us that the rather enigmatically named hero behind Parkside Police Station is giving away a heroically frozen organic red cabbage and some naturally frozen organic Brussels sprouts. Meanwhile, Floor, just off Tennyson Road, has a selection of Tesco baked goods, including Hovis Wholemeal and Tesco Farmhouse loaves. These are full-size 800-gram loaves, by the way, as well as batons and baguettes. Annabelle, who lives on the way to Great Shelford, has an unopened two-litre bottle of diet lemonade, as well as a few sweet potatoes, strawberry yoghurts, orange peppers and cherry tomatoes to give away. And finally, Dee. She has a large Christmas-flavoured pot noodle free for collection. Just follow the star as far as King's Hedges to find the crown prince of noodles nestled away in a manger around the back of the golden hind. And that is just a few of the items that we found being given away for free in Cambridge on the Olio app today. I do wonder what a large Christmas dinner-flavoured pot noodle contains. <laughs> D, I'm afraid I won't be coming round. <laughs> but a nice thought. Anyway, there's another free app called Too Good To Go, and that has unsold food from restaurants and shops, and these are often at quite a lot less than half price. And rather than specifying what is in each pack, the surplus food is just packaged as a magic bag and it's ready for you to take home. And that's instead of it being binned at the end of the day's trading. Well, let's find out what some of Cambridge's food producers are having for Christmas dinner. To begin with, here is Jay Scrimshaw from Thin Boys in Mill Road. Jay, what, what do you like to have for Christmas? For, to eat, I mean. <laughs> uh, lots. This year, I think we're going to go for a rib of beef, uh, just with roast potatoes, probably do some some Yorkshire puddings, just quite simple, probably not very festive, but, um, yeah, nice bit of beef. Right, what, are you fed up with the turkey and the goose and stuff like that? Yeah, no-one else in my family, apart from me and my wife. The kids don't like turkey, so, uh, yeah, it's it's beef for us. And some red wine? Uh, Yes, probably some red wine. I don't see why not. Red wine, start off with... Maybe some bubbles and some orange juice, maybe some scrambled egg, and then a walk, a pint, and then some food, (laughs) and then movies or games. (laughs) And here is Simon Cheney of Bread and Meat in Bennett Street. What I like to have and what my family insist we have are two different things. I think that's important to draw. So what we will have is quite a traditional Christmas lunch um, at some point in the afternoon with, with family, hopefully after some Buck's Fizz in the morning, which is the most important thing of my Christmas lunch. Um, So we will have turkey and pigs in blankets, uh, cauliflower cheese, all the roast things, so traditional. What I would choose to have, though, would be a very simple beef wellington, which I love, 
and we did manage to have a few times before my children uh, now uh, probably shouldn't call them children as they're a bit older but um, insisted that traditional's the way forward <laughs> by the way we also have a Yorkshire pudding because with our Christmas lunch it's not traditional but you know, they are very nice. They are very nice. <laughs> they are, and we can have competitive Yorkshire pudding uh, making with my sister, which is always fun. Yes, well, I do wish I'd asked Simon a bit more about competitive Yorkshire pudding making. It sounds like quite a, a good thing to do. It sounds fun. So maybe next year. Well, on to our first news break now, and tomorrow, Sunday, there's a Levante Kitchen fresh pasta pop-up at Meadows in Eltersley Avenue from noon to 3pm. The foods on sale will include chestnut tagliatelle, pumpkin ravioli and cheese ravioli. You can order online or simply buy on the day. Also tomorrow, but this time in Chesterton Road, Tivoli has a little food market from noon till 3pm with around six stools. There will also be carol singers, mulled wine and cider, mince pies and steak and honour burgers. Today and tomorrow from 10 until 3 or until they run out, there's Finn Boy's Oysters at the Gog Magog Farm Shop, which is at Heath Farm, Shelford Bottom on the A1307 opposite the turning to Stapleford, if you didn't know. The Chin Chin Bakery, which we featured on the last flavour, is now up and running. Orders for donuts are being taken on the Chin Chin website, and there's a 20% off promotion code there too. Gift vouchers are available from the White Cottage Bakery, and paper versions will be posted up until the 20th of December. After that, Helen will send you a PDF version. Vandalile has released some more tables for January and you can transfer your booking to food-loving friends as an excellent Christmas present. Market House in Market Square has posted its festive dinner and lunch menus and very good they look too. With lunch a bargain at two courses for £22 and three for £27. Midsummer House has launched a very good series of videos on Instagram using its Midsummer Chef account. The videos show how they cook a variety of Christmas foods such as mince pies, vichyssoise, roast potatoes, Christmas honey glazed ham, cauliflower cheese, roast turkey, and they're accompanied by recipes and written instructions, and it really does work very well. And congratulations to Mercado Central for Jamie Oliver's fulsome praise on Instagram. He said his meal was stunning with fantastic cooking and stunning ingredients. Congratulations too to Mark Poynton, whose MJP at the Shepherd's Restaurant is rated very good in the 2023 Good Food Guide. Some news about post-Christmas opening times now. Finboy's reopens on the 29th of December and closes again after New Year's Eve. In January, they reopen on the 13th and they're offering something rather different for the second half of January. Here's Finboy Richard Stokes with more details. When are you reopening in January, Rich? At Friday the 13th of Jan, um, we'll be open for lunch and dinner as normal and the Saturday the 14th. Then we'll shut again, obviously, two days. And then when we reopen again on the Tuesday, we'll be going to be doing a January sales offer for the last two weeks of January, both lunch and dinner, uh, Tuesday through to uh, Friday. But not Friday night, we're still going to be doing our taste of menus for the Friday night. We're going to be offering uh, a small a la carte uh, menu for £25 for two courses and £28 for three courses. I hope it will just help people with the burden that people have at the moment with the, with the cost of living crisis. And um, we're going to pray a little bit more traditional than we normally offer. Um, probably um, something much more hearty. There'll be some fish pies or different pies probably and, and 
fish sausage rolls. Yeah, omelette on a Bennett. There'll be lots of things like that. So a bit, a bit more classical uh, food, I guess, and, and probably some steamed pud puddings. Jay's very good with his steamed puddings for dessert, so there'll be some of those as well. Roly poly and custard, probably. <laughs> that sounds great. And good food for a cold January. Definitely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's All Day reopens on the 28th of December from 11 till 3 and then from 5 till 9.30pm. Now they'll be closing early on New Year's Eve at 3pm but they will be open on New Year's Day from 10. And on the subject of New Year's Eve, Orino UK will have a five-course meal at Thirsty in Chesterton Road from 8pm until late. There's warm sake on arrival and midnight fizz to see the New Year in. Book on Orino UK's social media. And at Fancet's, there's a special New Year's Eve menu. At £105 per person, reservations can be made from 6 till 8.30pm. Email to book. The address is contact at fancets.com. Pint Shop has an extensive New Year menu and the cost is £45 per person. Restaurant 22 will close from 2nd January to reopen on the 1st of February. Bookings for February opened yesterday and for March will open on the 30th of December at 1pm. And we'll have more news later. Right, well, it's all very well settling back in your armchair on Christmas Day with a glass of champagne or something in your hand, maybe with some smoked salmon bellinis. But who's cooking the dinner? And do they get a chance to do what you're doing? Sue has some suggestions for lightening and sharing the load on Christmas Day. So, Sue, what's the solution? Well... If I was Fanny Craddock, who is yes. my sort of lovely bête noire, as it were, she would have started prepping for Christmas this time last year. You oh, know, as in, as in, what would she be doing? Twenty twenty three. Will she be starting to make her mincemeat, making her Never. tarts? Yeah, she would. She would, and probably even doing the Christmas pudding a year in advance. So, because mincemeat matures nicely. Yes, a, it does. Actually, right. I must admit, I'm always a bit cheeky, and if I buy mincemeat and have a bit too much, I just keep it yeah. in the outhouse and you know what it's really much much better is it really yeah. but doing things a long time in advance reminds me if i may interject into what is your <laughs> feature <laughs> yeah. um i don't know if you saw it but a few years ago tim haywood wrote a piece in the financial times magazine about making gravy for christmas dinner and he starts making the gravy for christmas dinner in july July? Yeah. That's a bit excessive. <laughs> well, you know, what I do, actually, I have some stock. I always have stock in the freezer. And, in fact, I've got a little bit of cheeky gravy left over. And I'm going to do the stock and I'm going to add the gravy to that and then I'm going to add the, the, the goose juices because we always have goose at Christmas. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, in, in one sense, if you can prep in advance, it's really quite handy. I've done my red cabbage already. It's in the freezer. Right. Yeah. Okay, but what about things like fresh vegetables? What about things like carrots and sprouts and parsnips and potatoes? I mean, yeah. I just have memories of my mum beavering <laughs> away in the kitchen, I mean, very happily. Yeah, but... But, but in the kitchen when yeah. we weren't in the kitchen. No, you know. well, what you need is very useful children when they become adults. <laughs> well, we weren't very useful children, <laughs> I have to confess. No, well... I must admit, probably one of the, our best Christmases ever was about four, five or more years ago when my husband and I both had serious colds and we were really ill for Christmas. Our daughters were then in our their sort of early 20s. They made Christmas for us. We still
still have the Christmas list showing exactly their schedule, what they plan yeah, to do. Yeah. And all I had to do was red currant jelly. Yes, that was the Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, Sadly, we haven't... Well, no, gladly, <laughs> we haven't been again. ill since. <laughs> but I still have the list. And so their prep list, because they had no idea how to do Christmas yeah. dinner, they, they actually scheduled the whole thing. You know, the potatoes go in then, the carrots go yeah. in then, the sprouts go on then. And actually, <laughs> it really works well. But can you do potatoes, peeling potatoes yes. and carrots and yes. sprouts? You can and do and actually can you do an that awful in a, lot the day before. Oh, yeah. You can certainly then. do it the day before, as long as you put your potatoes under water. Because if you yeah, don't, they they'll go black. They'll go black. Well, they'll yeah. go black, actually. Yeah. It's even yeah. worse. You yeah. know, you don't have black Christmas potatoes. No, you really. really don't. <laughs> but, I mean, if it's interesting because I actually tried out what I think might be one of my Christmas vegetables last night. We had some friends around and I did this Hasselback butternut squash. So Hasselbacking is where you actually slice something very, very thinly. Uh-huh. And I put some star anise in and some Baileys, and then I put a lovely, very, very nice uh, pomegranate molasses and some sugar and some mustard and a few other things. And it actually worked really well. I need to now realise that you need to put a little bit of foil underneath it so that the whole thing doesn't collapse too much. But it was it was great. So that was my pre-prep and pre-practice for Christmas. So, yeah. So there's lots of scope for doing things in advance. It doesn't all have to be done... It does not have to be done. No, it doesn't. Thank goodness. That's great news. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And having spoken about Christmas, and of course it's made me feel ravenous, coming up later we're going to have James Thorne here from Thorne Wines on what to drink with your Christmas dinner. Okay, let's find out a little bit more now about what local people are going to be eating on Christmas Day. Here's Richard Stokes from Finboys on Mill Road. Richard, what do you like to have for Christmas dinner? As much as possible. I think you're probably going to want us to say something like a whole turbot or something. Um, <laughs> mango fish this year. In 35 years in the trade, I think uh, 30 of them have probably worked over Christmas. So it's usually reheated turkey with stuffing in and, and, and pigs in blankets and, and about five different vegetables, roast potatoes and, and the whole shebang, really. And Christmas pudding, of course. And mince pies and brandy butter. But this year, we may go fish. We may go fish. Having a fish restaurant. But we may do turbot this year. Yeah. And here's Jane and Claire from Little Pantry in Hazlingfield. My homemade roast potatoes, we have to do that for everybody. I make them better than anybody else. So, oh. What's your secret to a good roast potato? Oh, um, I use a mixture of goose fat with vegetable oil. And you've got to rough the outside up enough, but not too much. And then just be patient, really keep opening the oven and giving them another turn and yeah you just have to wait for the right time yes i think it's time is is the secret and what about you i like sprouts actually so i like sprouts with bacon and chestnuts garlic and mulled wine and red cabbage is always good yes we always have goose at christmas so we always have red cabbage with that what do you do to your red cabbage i braise it with apple and cinnamon and salt and pepper and just put it in my slow cooker that's a very good idea and then it's a lovely flavor at the end Now, the Salvation Army Community Hub is relatively new in Cambridge. The hub opened a couple of months ago. It's a cafe, and their main goal is to bring people together, to have somewhere where you can sit, talk, uh, relax, have some food. But how is that different to any other cafe in town? 
Well, let's say if you are looking for smashed avocado on sourdough bread, you might go to Hot Numbers on Guaida Street, for example. If you're more into a casual fry-up or a toasty with a hot mug of tea, this might be more to your taste. Here's Martin Cordner, commanding officer of the Salvation Army, Cambridge. So lots of people will know probably Sally Ann's shop. That's the most famous thing about Cambridge Salvation Army, which for more than 20 years was down on Mill Road. It was a very large charity shop, super successful for us, but unfortunately about three, four years ago it became necessary for us to move. We took that opportunity to bring the shop back to our site here where the church is, and we've got a brand new community hub in Tennyson Road. Well, here's a couple of our volunteers as well. This is Sue. Hi, Sue. Hi, hello. And her uh, husband, Barry, just coming as well. Hello. And, um, and then we've got Sylvia coming, haven't we? Oh, she's, I don't know. Oh, she's a bit <laughs> nervous. It might just be Sue and Barry then. Making your way. I don't know if you ever remember the programme Cheers on Channel 4, you know, years ago. I used to love the theme song because it always said, everybody wants to be where somebody knows your name that's a community space you don't have to be religious you don't even have to be a christian you don't have to be anything you'll find a welcome here we'll try and shout that from the rooftops in the coming years but wouldn't it be great if we could see more community spaces of whatever kind around i think yeah i think we're with you on that matt you're saying that we could go back 60 years now mill road 60 on steady on <laughs> 60, the age away, 60, 60 years ago mill road People who lived down here communicated with one another, but it, it wasn't a place for sort of outsiders to come down and join in. But we've got all sorts down here now, and it's just sport. To me, it's the best part of Cambridge now. Mm. You've got yeah. all religions, you've got people from different countries, and that is so much better than what it used to be years ago. I think it's lifted Mill Road, to be yeah. quite honest. That idea of people from all walks of life finding friendship is something that we think is very compelling. Yeah. That is the most important thing. It is what the Sally Army's all about, yes. isn't it? That people find that they are welcome. Yeah. It's open to everybody. Tell Matt what we do food-wise. It varies, really. I mean, we do sausage rolls, cakes. My husband likes to get in the kitchen and he'll do a fry. Well, I like to, but somebody's <laughs> got to do it. Uh, we do a fry-up and anything on beans on toast or egg and bacon on toast, any, anything, really. There is a lady what lives in, in the street here. She comes in very regular, two or three times a week. And there's, there's a couple of guys across living in Ditchburn Place they're in most days, aren't yes, they? Yes, they're in most yeah. days as well, yeah. yeah. They enjoy it, Ditchburn. Yeah. There are a few people come from there because it brings them out and they can't walk far, but they can walk here. David and yeah. Bruce, every single day, they're in at 10 o'clock, as soon as the door opens, they're in for their tea and cake. Yeah, it's nice. They do like a piece of cake, but most of it is toasties they like at the moment. We did start paninis, but we didn't quite have the right shape and it, it was squirting out sometimes. We'd better not put that bit in. <laughs> We've had a hilarious couple of situations with our panini machine, haven't we, guys? Because, <laughs> unfortunately, the builders installed a smoke detector uh, above the machine. So we've stopped doing paninis partly because they weren't that popular, <laughs> but also because we've had to have two fire evacuations <laughs> in the last months. Fortunately, I don't think it was raining on those days, was it? No. <laughs> i tell you what was the funny thing. It was exactly the same people that were in the week before. It happened on the same day and they were back out in the car park again. Oh. Guilty. Guilty. Was it you, Barry? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. No, no way. <laughs>
we're looking at it and laughing at it, you know, because if you take it all too seriously, you'd, you know, be in the grave early, wouldn't you? But just teething issues, really. We've got this brand new facility, you know, a new refurbishment. We're going to do something different. Let's try and equip ourselves properly, you know, for the task. So uh, I think there is a level of expectation, isn't there, from the public that if they're going to come, they don't want just a manky cup of tea and a manky cup. It's got to look nice. And we feel that sends an important message about how we view them as people as well. We'll give them the best that we can give them. Sylvia's just joined us, Matt, and she is also one of our fantastic volunteers. As you can see, she not only looks good, but she can cook a good bacon sarni, can't she? I think she's got a lot to say as well. Say, <laughs> I think, I think she wants to say a lot, yeah. Say hello, Sylvia. <laughs> well, I love it here in Cambridge. It's lovely to have the hub that we can share with other people. Sometimes it's just a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, but my speciality is ham and cheese toasted sandwiches. I seem to have got conned into that one one day. Everybody wanted those and it was a little bit chaotic, but um, we got round it. It's just nice to see people come in, just relax and enjoy their company and chats and things. Tell you one thing I'd love to tell you about as well, which is the Warm Welcome campaign. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a national initiative and churches and libraries and schools and all kinds of places have signed up to make their facilities available during the cold weather. Mm. We all know there's an energy crisis going on at the moment, so if people want to have a break from paying heating bills at home, they're very welcome to come and sit with us in our community hub here. And it's open four days a week. We've got it open from Tuesday to Friday at the moment from about nine till five, you know, daytime hours. So if there's anybody out there just wants to come and sit in, we'll give you free drinks and snacks and things like that. Just come in and save on the bills. Come and sit with us. That's what we had in mind. It wasn't just a cafe or anything like that. It is all to bring people in to be together. I think we would just say to the listeners, come and find us and you'll find a really warm welcome. We look forward to seeing you. And that was Martin, Sue, Barry and Sylvia of the Salvation Army Community Hub on Tennyson Road. Open Tuesdays to Fridays and the toasties are really good. If you'd like to know more about the Hub and what the Sally Army does for us here in Cambridge, then check out their website. Uh, it's camsa, C-A-M-S-A dot org dot UK. Well, we're off for a two-minute break now, then back with what people in other countries have for Christmas dinner, Christmas wines, and we might squeeze in something about port too. See you then. Cambridge 105 Radio at Christmas. On Sunday afternoons, relax with Jazz Today and Pete Butchers. Join me for music at the cutting edge. Mainly new releases, many on small independent labels. The stuff you rarely get to hear elsewhere. I'll also be keeping a watching brief on jazz events in and around Cambridge, as well as chatting to local and visiting musicians. Jazz Today at 4pm every Sunday afternoon on Cambridge 105 Radio. Go on, challenge yourself. Indulge yourself this Christmas and New Year with everyone's favourite ballets at the Cambridge Corn Exchange. Embrace the magic of the delightfully festive Nutcracker and fall in love with the world's most romantic ballet, Swan Lake. These classic ballets are brought to life by a wonderful orchestra and outstanding soloists, making this a captivating treat for the whole family. Don't miss these enchanting performances from the 28th of December until the 1st of January. Tickets are selling fast, so book yours today at cornex.co.uk.
Right, time for a bit more news now, if I don't start coughing. Today, Saturday, from 1.30 until 4pm, there's a Christmas event at the Clay Farm Centre in Trumpington. Food is provided by Rotisserol until 3 o'clock, and there are food and craft stalls, carol singing, and a visit from Father Christmas. Steak and Honour is at the Bank Micropub in Willingham tonight from 5pm, but you'll need to order your food in advance. Malloy's Craft Butchery at 29 Station Place still has geese, medium-sized turkeys, large chickens and beef available. You can email them, info at malloyscraftbutchery.com or pop in. Uh, some wine news now. Fancets in Mill Road has some more wine evenings coming up following their very recent Coat de Bone night. James Thorne, who supplies the wines for these special events, has the info. Fansets have just opened up a little private dining room at the back. We hosted this bone dinner, coat de bone dinner, um, off the back of a, um, a trip that I had to Burgundy in, in October. Um, I was stunned by the wines and kind of really got myself immersed into Burgundy. So as a result, we, we did the bone dinner and we're going to do a Cote de Nuit dinner in January, um, as long as we can get some dates in order. And then we'll probably follow it up with a Maconnet dinner in um, February, possibly early March. And then I kind of I want to keep going. The, the yeah. food is incredible. The food is very versatile. We had, with the bone dinner, we had a lobster and scallop um, mousse lasagna to start with and then uh, followed up with Boeuf Bourguignon. I mean, what is more classic than beef bourguignon with um, some amazing red burgundies? And then we finished off with tartatan. So that sort of idea. And these, these, are not, these are not sort of money spinners. These are events that cost a lot of money to get running. These are fun for us. These are all about everyone walking away from, uh, from the restaurant and in particular fan sets having had incredible food, an amazing array of wines. And, you know, if someone buys some wines off the back of it, fantastic. And James will be providing wine advice for Christmas a little later in the programme. Cambridge Wine Merchants has a flight of four ports to taste at their Bridge Street and Cherry Hinton Road branches. Gutter and Stars, Cambridge's own winery in a windmill, is taking Christmas orders up until midnight on Monday the 19th. Orders received up to that point will be dispatched to arrive ahead of Christmas Day. The Wine Rooms in Hills Road has announced its January tastings. They run from 7 o'clock to late 15pm and are typically £30 a head. On the 12th of January, the tasting is of Loire Valley Whites. On the 19th, USA Whites with Age. The 26th, Côte de Roussillon Reds. And on the 2nd of February, Unexplored France, Cassie and Bayet. Also at the wine rooms, the WSET Level 1 course runs on the 5th of February and the Level 2 runs on three Sundays from the 19th of February. And on Fridays, they've introduced Friday Fizz with a special two-for-one offer on selected glasses of champagne and sparkling wine. And, listen to this, there are also some 500 wines to try at all times, ranging in price from per glass, £6 to £47. I don't know if I've ever had a £47 mm. glass of wine, Sue, but I really would drink, like them. Drink it very slowly. Well, <laughs> Finn Boys... Don't spill it. No, don't <laughs> spill it, no. But Finn Boys have a New Zealand wine night on the 1st of February. And the cost is £75 per person, and there are dishes featuring smoked eel, sea trout, squid, cod 
gurnard and a blood orange dessert. A matching wine will be served with each dish. And the surprise draw for a hamper containing £750 worth of goods drawn from shops in Rose Crescent. Simply purchase any item from a contributing shop in Rose Crescent, write down your details on the card they give you and post it in the red postbox next to Dulcis to be in with a chance to win. The draw will take place on Tuesday the 20th. OK, now then, Matt has been finding out what people in other countries have for Christmas dinner. Yeah, well, as long as that includes the UK, I'm afraid. Not that I didn't understand the assignment, but it's been so freezing cold this week, there simply weren't that many people around to record. So, here is a mixture of voices from in and around the Cambridge market and what they'll be having on the table on the big day. Uh, my Christmas dinner this year. Hopefully, my mum's going to be cooking it, yeah? Uh, as long as I have bread sauce and cranberry and Yorkshire puddings and corn sausages and gravy and roast potatoes, but my favourite, roast parsnips. And then pudding, you know, anything really. Christmas pudding, custard, ice cream, cream. I like all, all things on it. I leave the cooking all to my mum. I'm sensible. I know what I'm good at, and that's what I do. Next up is Lee. He runs a Zuma, and they sell Malaysian and Japanese street food in the market square. Lee says that in Malaysia they try to replicate traditional European Christmas dinners like turkey, but some people will blend in Malaysian food as well. Any examples of the Malaysian food that you would have? Normally they just do nasi lemak, beef rendang, something like that. I just wanted to describe for anybody who doesn't know what nasi lemak is made of. Oh, coconut rice, chicken curry, seafood sambal or anjubi sambal. Nasi lemak is very traditional in Malaysia, so very popular nasi lemak over there. Brian, who works on the Afric food stall, has family from Colombia. So typically in Colombia we do empanadas. Here, would we think of them as like uh, Cornish pasties? Yeah, it's, it's made of corn and it's also like a type of bread. And inside it has chicken or it has meat. And we do like a tomato sauce with the chicken. And we put that inside of the empanada. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Nicholas from Brown Bread Bakery. Christmas dinner for me will be top side of beef with all the trimmings. Roast vegetables, parsnips, carrots, Brussels sprouts, all those kinds of things. Hi, my name is Stephen Gawthrop. I'm from SS Gawthrop & Sons, butchers on Cambridge Market. And uh, this year, yes, I will be having turkey. <laughs> oh, anything particular with turkey or any...? Homemade stuffing, of course. Can't beat homemade. Brussels yeah. sprouts as well. And good old roast potatoes. Traditional. Definitely not turkey. Mm. We, we're definitely going to have uh, a whole chicken uh, roast. I've been living here for so many years and I can't... Uh... In your part of Poland? Just, just uh, old Polish style of roasted chicken, old traditional style. Hello, it's Lee here from the Cambridge Fishmonger on Cambridge Market. For Christmas dinner, I think I will have to have copious amounts of white wine. I think it goes without saying. We're not turkey lovers, so we're going to be going for uh, uh, rib beef and lamb, but then we also will be having lots of salted anchovies and picky bits for the evening. Hi, I'm Isla. I'm from Pinch and Rose Crescent, and this year my Christmas dinner will be nut roasts and probably loads of wine. <laughs> Vegetarian? Vegan, yeah. So I always forget the year exactly, but it must have been about 
probably about three years ago I had my first vegan Christmas dinner, which my dad was interested to make, really. <laughs> oh, I'm Kevin from G&M Throat and Beach. This Christmas I'll be having baked trout with salad potatoes and sampa and parsley sauce. I'm Daniel. The company is Black Rice BLC. For Christmas dinner, ham and bread with raisins and olives inside, uh, chicken salad with potatoes. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Lithuania... My partner is Greek. We make English dinner because we all live here for many years, you know? And I like my turkey. That's what I'm waiting for, turkey. <laughs> and also a lot of nice vegetables, Christmas pudding, and a lot of... A lot of waving of the hands. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. Nice mulled wine, nice baileys, and lots more. A lot of happy Christmas moments spent with family and all together. Christmas dinner, I think it'll be very traditional. Turkey and everything with it. Um, just with my family, just at home, as it is every year, really. Nothing more than that. Okay, because uh, I come from Poland, we celebrated Christmas Eve, and our main dish is a carp. In that day, we haven't eaten meat, and also it's like dumplings with cabbage. We have like um, the vegetarian salad. We have a fish, we have a different kind of cakes, we have a different kind of pasta. Yes, that's what, we, that's what we're gonna have on a, on a Christmas Eve. Lovely, Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Thank you. Wish everybody is Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Okay then. Merry Christmas to you, thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas, have a great one, enjoy. And that music signals time for the news from social media. Yes, Kingston Hummus in Kingston Street have said that their kitchen is closing, so next week there will only be drinks available. The whole thing reopens on the 3rd of January. Market Square Coffee and Cake, their stall is not on the market today, but they will be back in the new year. Meadows has a very nice cheese selection, or just add cheese selection. There's no cheese in this selection. It's a selection of things to have with cheese. So cherry wine from Denmark and other accompaniments, um, biscuity things, things like that. Bushelbox Farm in Willingham has a selection of mini hampers, which include handmade jams and marmalades, organic tea, all butter biscuits and single origin chocolate. <laughs> So what are the possibilities for eating on Boxing Day? How about using the leftovers to create something new? Here's Rosie Sykes. Rosie, for people who have things left over which they haven't eaten for their Christmas Day dinner, have you got any suggestions about how they could use them perhaps on Boxing Day? Absolutely, Alan. Well, the classic is a pie. That could be anything ranging from, you know, if you've had beef, you could make almost like a cottage pie. If I were you, I'd go with a bit of spice or something, perhaps even a bit Middle Eastern, just to switch it up on Boxing Day. But otherwise, if you've had turkey or ham, a lovely combo is some turkey, some ham, a white sauce of some sort, all your roasted vegetables can go in there, maybe some of your stuffing, a few chestnuts, 
uh, and then pop a short pastry lid on top or a puff pastry or if you've got the wherewithal suet we always love suet pastry um, you can put some of your gravy in there it's a great cover all basically Christmas all over again this sounds very nice I've never done that yeah it, it works well it works well it's, and it's nice if you've got different people coming on Boxing Day I've been to people's houses and had a Christmas leftover pie and felt very pleased because their Christmas dinner was very different from mine but um, the other thing is a soup that's a great leftover use up so you could do a real classic kind of cream of turkey soup which again is a real catch-all for all your roasted vegetables thicken it with the roasted vegetables start with some onions and things and then add in your roasted vegetables uh, a load of butter some cream probably some brandy and then shred in the meat and the nicest thing to do with that kind of a soup I think is to blend it so it's really smooth and rich um, and and it kind of is so comforting on Boxing Day and quite nice and easy really um, but I personally am planning I'm, I'm having beef uh, a Jersey sirloin on Christmas Day and with my leftovers I'm going to um, cut it shred it quite finely and make a kind of Thai inspired um, hot kind of was it's not really a salad it's a kind of hot beef that you eat inside a lettuce leaf so uh, you fry up the beef and you could add in shredded up leftover roast carrots or parsnips or whatever um, and with it garlic ginger chili uh, and then when it's all nice and fried up throw in some fish sauce and some rice vinegar a good squeeze of lime juice um, and then a lovely handful of chopped herbs mint uh, coriander parsley whatever you've got I really would recommend that you always have some coriander about about your house um, and then have that in lettuce leaves that's really delicious that sounds fantastic um, and the other one that um, is nice for all leftovers is stuffed cabbage leaves so if you've bought your sprouts on a, a stem like if you're a Morris dancer on the top there'll be lovely leaves often if you save those leaves um, cut out any really hard stems give them a couple of minutes in boiling salted water the leaves not the stems and um, and then make a mixture with your stuffing shred some meat into that chop up your leftover veg all sorts of things just put a blob inside each leaf wrap it all up and put it into a buttered dish with the kind of seam at the bottom uh, and then if you've got gravy left over I would let it down so it's almost like a thin stock season it all very well put the gravy over so it's just kind of covering the leaves uh, dot some butter on top and bake that in the oven that is absolutely delicious it kind of goes a little bit crisp on top and there's all these lovely juices for mopping up with bread. It's really good um, and not too much work. I mean, the, the rolling up is a bit of work. But what I did earlier in the year, I, I had a fig tree outside the door where I was working and I'd made these stuffed cabbage leaves and I just laid um, fig leaves on top when I was baking it and the amazing flavour of the fig leaf, which is kind of coconutty I can't really explain it's a really amazing flavour um, 
just permeates and it's lovely and you obviously you don't need to eat the fig leaves but um, they they add a really lovely flavor right and so. I'm baking in the oven for roughly how long uh, about 25 minutes right yeah, so that sounds good. That is a nice one, definitely. Good. Okay, thanks very much, Rosie, and I Pleasure. hope you do have a good Christmas. And you, Alan. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we've heard a lot about what to eat at Christmas, but what to drink. Here's James Thorne of Thorne Wines. James, I was wondering if you could tell me, or give me some advice on uh, wines for you know, a traditional Christmas dinner, you know, turkey, roast potatoes, sprouts, and innumerable other things. When I look it up, uh, which I do every year... There are so many different suggestions, you know, things like Chardonnay, Beaujolais, yeah. Burgundy or other Pinot Noir, Rhone, uh, and they're quite different wines, so I, I find it all a bit mysterious. What, what's the best to have? Well, the thing is, you, you, you've, you've highlighted the, the main issue. There's so much stuff out there, and there's so much variation in the dish itself. When you're having Christmas dinner, you're having loads of different sauces, you've got intense gravies, you've got potatoes that are going to be pretty flavoursome, but also quite fatty. So it's about finding something that's going to cut through things, but also be like, you know, pleasing for yourself. The classic, as you, as you sort of highlight for me, would be Pinot Noir going down the route of Burgundy, maybe New Zealand or Californian. But wine's subjective and you, you're you better placed selecting a wine that suits you, that you love, that your family love, that you know has worked before when you've had with maybe chicken or, or possibly Christmas dinners in the past. My personal opinion is that I, I, I'll generally go for a Rioja because I adore Rioja. It's got an oaky element to it. It's slightly acidic, but it's quite full-bodied. So it sits really well with the intense flavours that you've got going on around it. And especially if you've got something like cranberry sauce, cranberries are one of the sort of flavour profiles for Rioja. On the other side of it, you could go with something even more intense, like a Primitivo or a Zinfandel. In the US, it's very popular with Thanksgiving dinner to have uh, Zinfandel from say California and as we know it more commonly in Europe we have Primitivo from southern Italy it's it's generally on the richer side but richer in terms of fruit and sweetness but it's quite an, an easy accessible wine and it's almost like sort of the Malbec of Italy really it's the the great variety that when people drink it they love it so I'd be leaning towards something from a producer like um, Lacey uh, Lianto which is something that, that we stock and it's about 14 pound a bottle it's going to be absolutely perfect to go with everything across the Christmas dinner 14 pounds a bottle is quite reasonable that's Italian, but Zinfandel being from California, presumably with exchange rates being what they are, are more expensive? Yeah, so you've got factors of exchange rates, shipping, um, obviously demand in the US being so high for the wines that they don't need to necessarily sell them. We've got an example of a Primitivo or um, Zinfandel that's from Turley Cellars and they're a very famous producer because they've pretty much focused on um, Zinfandel uh, and that's in the 30s. But at the same time, we have more entry-level versions that are in sort of 13, 14 pound territory. Um, there is also a, a wine that we have from North Macedonia that is the exact same grape variety but grown in, in Macedonia and that is about £28 a bottle um, but it's one of those blockbuster wines that you put it in front of anyone and they're going to absolutely love it. It's called right. Brovo and it is divine um, but it's a celebration time so you might want to spend a little bit more than your normal budget 
and you might want to get something that's got a bit of age to it. Um, you might have family members that, say, like Burgundy or Bordeaux, and those are both going to be amazing options to go for. And in terms of what, what we stock, we've got a lovely producer called uh, Jean Guiton. Wines made by the son of Jean, which is Guillaume. Personal favourite of mine is the um, Premier Cru um, vineyard called Léo Jaron in savigny le bone And the beauty of it is that it's quite fruit-forward, yet it's got a nice bit of developed characteristics from the 2017 vintage and it is it's 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 a sort of wine that's accessible to a lot of people even if they're not burgundy nuts it's very very user friendly let's put it that way okay so we've got i've got an even even bigger list now of possible wines but the primitivo does sound does sound uh, 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 appealing what about dessert what about if you have things like christmas pudding is is it is port the only thing Port's a good um, a good thing to pair with Christmas pudding because of the the brandy element and all of the intense dark fruits that you have in Christmas pudding. I'm actually a really big fan of um, doing other red sweet wines, um, things like Bagnole or Maury from the south of France. We actually have um, two wines that are really interesting, and one of them is from Malaga, and it's 100% Merlot. Um, it's sweet Merlot. And that's a wine from a producer called Bodegas Bentrumith, and it's called David. So if there's anyone called David in your family, that's your Christmas <laughs> present sorted. Um, but another one that we've actually that we that we sell is a, a cherry wine from Denmark, and sometimes people put cherries in their Christmas pudding. Um, and this cherry wine is it's quite high acid, but it's very sweet as well. So you've got the the balance of the two and when you actually think of mince meat and christmas pudding and those sort of flavor profiles they use a lot of acidity in them um either through apple um or sometimes vinegars and and citric acids so you want something to balance the two but not everyone likes christmas pudding so in my family it's all about chocolate it's all about a a yule log or something like that and in in that case definitely going to go towards more like a port style sweet wine Thorn Wines, they're a local company. You order via their website and orders are placed before 2pm on the 19th of December. That's a Monday and it will be dispatched nationally that day to arrive for Christmas. So if you live in Cambridge, you can order as late as 2pm on the 22nd to arrive before Christmas. And if your order is over £45, you can contact them for a free delivery code. Yeah, they supply a lot of Cambridge's best restaurants, Vandalisle Restaurant 22 and Fansets, for example, so they sell good wine. And I had a superb Beaujolais at Fansets recently and decided I'd order some bottles for home online and they arrive within 24 hours and at a very reasonable price too. So if you want something for Christmas or for New Year, that's the thing to do. For New Year, they're open from the 28th to the 30th of December from 9 till 3. Now let's check out what Nikki Wilkinson, co-owner of Shelford Deli, and James Thorne of Thorne Wines are eating this Christmas. Well, we actually have three kids, so we tend to go quite traditional. But despite the fact that we have lots of lovely things, the kids need traditional things. They like to have the fresh veggies that we have in store. Uh, we have local free-range meat. Not always a turkey, and obviously this year is tricky, but always local and free-range. Uh, and then we would make homemade stuffing, and we have a cranberry and orange sauce that we like to make at home. We have 
Usually some salmon from Chapel and Swan, that's our local Bottisham smokery. Lovely wines from James Thorne wines and also from Noel Young wines. And then, of course, we have to have cheese because we're big on cheese. Oh, yes. So we have a lot of cheese here from all over the place. But I think favourites this year might be Aravasa, which is a washed rind cheese from the Emmental Valley. And there's another pile of Stiltons that we, we always adore. Lots to enjoy that okay. we have. And what would you say the children's favourites are? They love the salmon, actually. But just... I think they really enjoy it. This Tirone that we have, it's Italian Tirone, which is gluten-free but also beautifully handmade and it's Piedmont hazelnuts which are oh right really, and, yes. and so they love they love nuts actually so they're going <laughs> that sounds really rather nice Ooh, so no mince pies for them then <laughs> well they get they to be fair they like a bit of oh we'll go traditional but we'll have all these nice deli things as well so they mm, go for a bit of both mm. which is lucky nice. things lucky, lucky things, things exactly brilliant okay well have a lovely christmas thank you very much you too thank you very Thanks. much I like the classics. My my grandma was always someone who absolutely hated turkey, so we used to have capon. But when when she passed, we we diverted back to the turkey. So I'm I'm a fan of uh, turkey, but cooking it slightly differently. Sometimes we'll do the legs um, on the barbecue to cook them a bit slower and we'll do the crown in in the oven but we'll serve it with the 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 traditional gear we've got all of the pigs in blankets sometimes stuffing but not always um bread sauce is key maybe bramble jelly and cranberry sauce as well but the gravy is vital if the gravy is not right the the dinner is ruined in my opinion (laughs) so bucket loads of gravy good wine i'm happy (laughs) so what will you two be eating well, I'll be having goose, and this year I made some medlar jelly and some quince jelly, so I'll be having that with it, and this Hasselback butternut squash thing, mm-hmm. plus roasties and the normal sprouts, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, <laughs> that'll be lovely. Well, we're going to one of my daughters on Christmas Eve, and her partner is from Venezuela, and they traditionally have their Christmas meal on Christmas Eve, so we'll be oh, having lovely. something Venezuelan. And then on Boxing Day, we're going to my other daughter and having a more conventional Christmas dinner. I'm not quite sure what. (laughs) I always think that the Boxing Day meal is so much more relaxed than the Christmas Day one. You know, the idea of having the main Christmas meal on Christmas Eve does quite appeal to me as well, because Christmas Day can then be more laid back. That's Mm. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because Christmas Day is rather heavily loaded isn't it well my daughter's husband is lithuanian and they have this amazing lithuanian feast with his mother and grandmother and so they'll be coming down to us on christmas day so i'm not expecting any pre-prep with with her sadly but other daughter will be there so she'll be on sprout duty i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you're right i I did a couple of christmases in spain and they celebrate on christmas eve more so it takes the loading off as you say yeah and it made a real difference yeah it was so pleasant to have a like a nice relaxed Christmas Day. Things still went on, but it was... It well, doesn't have that pressure. It's not exactly. overloaded. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. So I'll see what it's like this year then with all the Venezuelan Christmas I, I really Eve. want to hear more about we'll this. Let you know. Yeah. It'll, please, there'll please. be a lot of meat, I do <laughs> know that. Excellent. And that is Green Onions signalling the start of our job section. Yeah, just a couple of jobs today. Poudini of Willingham are looking for a sous chef. Send your CV to info at poudini.co.uk or contact them for a full job description. And Maurizio in Mill Road is looking for a restaurant manager. To have an informal chat or get a job description, email info at mauriziodining.com. 
CVs should be sent to the same email address. You can also phone 07957 735 844. All of which brings us to the end of today's Christmas programme. And you can catch Flavour on Alternate Saturdays at 12 noon. We're repeated on Mondays at 6 and Thursdays at 2pm. And of course, Flavour will be available as a podcast early next week. Coming up next on Cambridge 105 Radio this afternoon is Too Good To Be Forgotten. But that's all from us. We'll be back on the 14th of January with our look back to 2022. In the meantime, we hope you have... A happy Christmas and a happy new year. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>